0: or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast, where we discuss every aspect of life through the lens of somatic psychology, nutrition, and self-inquiry. My name is Luis Mojica, and I'm a somatic educator who teaches people how to find safety inside themselves so they can better navigate this strange and sensational human experience. Your time to learn begins now. Hi there, this is Evan the admin assistant and podcast producer here at Holistic Life Navigation. Today's episode is a replay from one of the monthly interviews Luis is doing with Jaguar Mary X on the Midday Medicine Journey show hosted by
1: Radio Kingston. Enjoy!
2: I'm Jaguar Mary X, and you're listening to Midday Medicine Journey. It's Radio Kingston. And I am grateful to have a good friend, person, human being amazing healer, energy-type person. <laughs> Luis Mojica is here. How are you?
0: I am so good. So good to be here as always. <laughs> Thank you. Lovely introduction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't quite identify me, and I love it.
2: It's all coming off the top of my head, you know. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. yeah, so I was mentioning, you know, it's like such a... um interesting existence to not have a car Mm. in a place where you kind of need a car Mm -hmm. so right now I don't have my vehicles in repair and uh so I rode my bike up right and um I'm coming from the Rondout to Midtown and folks who are here from Kingston or know anything about Kingston you know that that there's a bunch of hills (laughs) going up
0: that's a real bike
2: ride. Yeah. It's yeah. not a flat bike yeah. ride. It's like for real. Yeah, so I wasn't I was I was walking a little bit more than I was That's riding. Right. You're a pushing
1: little bit. The bike yeah, walking.
2: Exactly. I'm like, you know, pacing my breaths and going up and and um just noticing that, you know, even two years ago, as I was saying before, that I had more energy, I was more fit, and I just turned a corner like totally into my sixth decade um 61 happened thank you <laughs> yes i'll take that i need that yeah applause please <laughs> i made it you made yeah.
0: it yeah <laughs> beautifully and gracefully too, oh, thank you
2: thank you thank you yeah and you came in and, t- and started talking to me about pj harvey's new album do you want to say more about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so infused with it. It's been a while since an album takes me, yeah. you know. I'm one of those people that I have 15 artists I listen to. Yeah. I don't spread out too much. So when they make an album, it's a big deal because it can be years. But, you know, her lineage of music was something I grew up on. So to hear when she releases something, I get really excited. And it's been seven years since she released and she's in her 50s now. And listening to it, it was total crone music. Like the way her voice is being used, the sounds in the background, there's like, like the feeling is like the womb space got thinner and even more expansive. Like this was feeling in my body. Like the moon was even more present, but the death was more present of these former identities. Um, Her music in the past to me was highly sexual not even obviously with lyrics, but like the sound of her face and the way she moved her body, like so sexy. And this one has none of that. Oh, I wouldn't say that. It's a different kind of sexy.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, But it's mm -hmm.
0: not that same like fertility sexy. It's Mm -hmm. like a whole other death transformational, alone in the woods kind of sexy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. When, as you were talking about that, um, it really... You know, I could really sense that and also have a deeper deeper appreciation for P.J. Harvey. Me too. You know. Um,
0: To allow herself to even transform, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, part of that bike ride, you know, I was feeling like, oh, you know, I'm 61. I'm riding my bike up a hill difficultly, you know. (laughs) 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 Is it because I'm 61, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: or is it because you don't ride up hills every day? Exactly. Like, which one yeah, is I it?
2: know, but that's where my mind went. Yeah. You know, because um, embedded in me, as much as I try to sort of, um, you know, sort of examine or or have a space for acceptance of myself as I age, there's also the part of me that doesn't accept my aging, and as uses it as a way to. Um, I don't know, guilt myself or shame myself Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, change my real thought. Like I was saying before about sometimes, um, my unwillingness to really inhabit this cronedom, which Mm -hmm. is so beautiful, Mm -hmm. um, shows up when I'm sort of pretending to be younger. What yeah. does that
0: look like? Because I wanted to ask
2: you yeah. that. Like, what, what, yeah. what does yeah. that mean, pretending to be? What something? it means is when I'm in the company of some of my friends, many of whom are much younger than I am, yeah. then um I you know, I don't know if they even perceive it as something that I feel is kind of roiling through me, which is this desire to connect on their level in their way. Mm. Instead of connecting or just being as I am and trusting that the connection is being made because we're friends, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're in in each other's company. And I guess more specifically, that might look like the language I use or, um, I don't know, it could look like, mostly it looks like me noticing that I'm older than they are. Well, it's
0: interesting, when even when you're having a hard time finding examples, I'm imagining because it's so... It it might even be dissociative, but it's like in the moment you're mirroring them. Yeah. And so it's it's like an invocation, isn't it? Like what you see, how they're acting, how they move. Your body's kind of playing with, uh, mimicking that. I, I have a similar nervous system, so I can find myself doing that. Which I think is interesting. Um, I have this term bridge people or like middle people. I, I would see you that way. That's how I see you. Yeah. Um, and me as intersex, I just, that's my biology as a middle person. Mm-hmm. And and that's some of the, you know, the medicine of being a middle or a bridge person is you can mirror almost anything and relate to it and then transmute things that way.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> call you just,
0: I know
2: <laughs> You just kind of affirmed me, you know. And I appreciate that because, um, I was going into a, a space of like, maybe, um, not appreciate, not appreciating that, that part of me, Yeah. you know, um, but still there's this, there is this resistance to croning and, um, lately I've been noticing that it is, it could, it could be more powerful for me if I invited it in more. Mm -hmm. And I'm not exactly sure what that process is, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Even you saying that I'm not exactly sure what that process is, it speaks to um, cultural rupture, doesn't it? Because your ancestors definitely knew. Yeah. Right. But like how everyone listening, you know, how far are we from whenever we were indigenous? Some people are one generation away, some people are seven away, you know, it depends. But they, those practices, they they knew for thousands of years how to invoke that. So there's like that, there's that knowing of wanting to and just the how is what's missing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you were also talking about, I mean, we were talking about, we've been talking about death. Yeah. And um, I like to say that I don't have a fear of death, but I have a fear of something, mm. you know, regarding Death and aging. Mm. Um, part of me doesn't even believe it.
0: Mm-hmm. I get that.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, because no one really knows. Like, how can you believe it? Uh, I play with that a lot. I wonder. Do I have a fear? Because I also would say, off the top of my head, I'm not afraid to die. And then I notice still when I there's these times, especially in a thunderstorm, um, you know that moment in the middle of the night where you're suddenly awakened by a rumbling thunder. And this, for me at least, this kind of panic courses through me. Like the animal body is trying to orient. And there's this really tender place because I'm still in the dream world. And I'm kind of in my bed and I'm kind of in my body. So I feel like I'm in like the death world.
1: Mm.
0: And there's a a thing that I think we would call fear that's in me. And I'm going on a tangent, but it's related. Mm -hmm. I was in a bathtub one time late at night, really hot bath. I think there was like chaparral flowers floating in it and I was just taking breaths and I suddenly had this incredible vision of myself dying. It's like an old man. And I know, and in the death while I was dying, I was like in all this pain and I was feeling this pain. And as I was sitting there in the bathtub, just feeling it, I was, I actually said out loud, the pain propels me, the pain propels me. And I was thinking of the nervous system work I do and how Trauma and terror and anxiety, all these things are just huge amounts of life force. So sometimes I wonder if the thing we call fear is excitement of of this ripping open and doing something new. And if the pain does propel us, if it literally is part of what helps us get out of the body and should we suppress the pain? It's just something that happened when I was laying there and it's coming up when you're bringing this in.
2: Oh, That's really, really powerful, I feel, because um, when I notice ruptures, you know, big ruptures like when we ch- shut down for COVID, or when um, you know waters rising, or thunder—you know, mm-hmm. any sort of powerful rupture of the everyday, the mm-hmm. mundane, the you know ubiquitous—you know, I get excited.
0: Mm-hmm. Me too.
2: I'm just like something's changing. Yes, <laughs> That's you know. Right. That's right. And because I I do desire deep change in me like I I want this world to be as beautiful as it can be and I know that those changes are necessary and whenever they happen I'm just like yes and then you know whenever it starts things start to settle down and go back to quote unquote normal i'm like hmm mm, ho hum you know
0: <laughs> okay we have to play with this okay. cuz this is this is so on topic still so i've been thinking about this a lot because of the flooding the recent yeah. flooding yeah. Yeah, i was yeah. speaking to my friends who are witches in Vermont about mm. this mm-hmm. and we were both connecting over the same experience of excitement um, which is taboo right because you're supposed to it's supposed to be tragic or that that's the story that we're used to as humans And I get so interested in uh, human centricity and ownership, like how those two things come together. And this relates to the the croning as well in the body. Uh, If I have this idea that I own this land that I live on and it should be this way because I own it and I've been told this is my land, I'm going to die on this land, this is my home, all these things. And then it rains for four days and a river floods my land, my land. There's this immediacy of feeling um, oppressed by nature, and it took something from me that was mine. Whereas I get excited as well because to be in relationship with land and body really means can I open up to and respond to the things I have no control over? And I think of my indigenous ancestors, all of ours, and how if something would happen in the land, they listened to that. It was just, it was just a, a part of the conversation. It wasn't a, a big horrible experience like they lost their town. It was like, oh, we're just gonna walk 15 miles this way. And we're going to kind of start over and learn that land. So that excitement you feel, like I was saying, I think maybe the excitement of death is what we call fear. I think it's this innate power that moves us, not even to adaptability, but to like relationship, to respond to what happens rather than fight against or struggle against what's happening. The same thing with aging, isn't it, in the body?
2: Yeah, yeah. And as we're talking about it, I feel some, um, you know kind of like a softening in my nervous system because I, I mean, I'm already, because I'm bringing it up and, well, you came in with it, you know, and I was actually feeling it as I was riding my bike up the hill. And so we're meeting in this place where, you know, I have um, really been, you know, working with the number 61 Mm. and what that may or may not mean. And I feel like I'm ready finally, You know, I think, I think, um, part of us talking about this is a kind of acknowledgement that, um, this croning, which is also like a crowning,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. um, is for me, you know, now and, you know, the ways that I can mirror my younger friends is beautiful, you know, and the ways that I can um, crone and crown in the world also has a lot of significance and potential, you know. And so, you know, I'm thinking about for people out there who are coming into their croneness or and that's, you know, anybody out there who is, you know, years are passing and those years are being experienced in the body and you know, we're talking about a somatics, so a, a feeling sense in the body. And, you know, there's a challenge there. Like, if you've never felt your body and you're aging and the body is changing, you know, you're yeah. noticing. Yeah. The body's always age, aging or, you know, the years are gathering yeah. on the body. And that's always happening, but they comes to time when you start to really notice it. And you haven't, or it's been difficult to really tap into the idea that your body is communicating with you or holding things or mm. has information for you that you can use or, you know, you can go years and years and years and not have that. Mm-hmm. So from kind of like the beginner space, um, I'm curious about how you can help us <laughs> you know like what you what you can say about that
0: yeah I mean that's a it's so so much there I want to speak to yeah
2: because
0: yeah. I even liked when you were saying aging then you were even saying bodies are always changing and I think I think aging is just another you know we could even pull that word away and say changing yeah right because yeah. it happens when you're five you change to six when you're 60 you change to 70 you know if yeah. there's a change
1: mm-hmm.
0: and what you and what you're saying is important for me because so those of you listening, you know, dissociate. Well, let's put these two words out here: embodiment and dissociation. Right. So embodiment is when I'm consciously witnessing with my mind and with my senses what my body's feeling. So there's a there's a conscious witnessing. I'm here. I'm co-creating with this experience sensationally. Dissociation is when that consciousness gets pulled from my body. So I'm here. I can see you, but I can't feel you. I can't feel the chair I'm sitting on. I don't notice my breath. I don't notice my hands are moving. I'm just not feeling or noticing the body, even though cognitively, visually, I might still be here. Dissociation is a medicine. A lot of people go into trauma healing work and somatic work and see dissociation as a sign that they're doing something wrong or like they don't want to dissociate. We're built to dissociate. We're supposed to actually dissociate when we hit our capacity. It's like the body putting a pause button on sensation
1: Mm.
0: because sensation as etheric as it feels, it's biological. There's hormones behind it. There's blood pressure behind it. Like your system literally shifts. So every time you have a big sensational experience, your actual liver has to metabolize your adrenaline to bring your body down. It's like a physical thing has to happen in your body based on the health of your liver, how quick your blood flows, like so many systems depend on how fast your body calms down after something significantly stressful or even insignificantly stressful, something small. I'm saying that because when your body can't catch up with the amount of stress hormones that are being created, we dissociate. And it's a good medicine, so we don't want to kind of toss it as some kind of negative thing or stigmatize it. But what you're saying, what you're speaking to is how many of us, especially when you have childhood trauma, you're born into a dissociative state and your body is very used to practicing dissociation. So instead of being a temporary thing for relief or a pause, and then you, let's say, metabolize some of that, it just becomes the way you live in your body. So that I'm hearing this and I'm trying to imagine what that must be like to then be in a place where what we're calling aging, when everything you relied on is changing maybe something gets weaker or something gets slower or color changes in your hair or skin like different things happen right as as you as your body ages if you don't have a relationship to your body it's been like 6 7 decades and you don't even know how to feel how can you even be with that process that's what i'm hearing
2: you yep, say right? exactly yeah where
0: does that go for you even when i say all oh, that
2: um well mm, it goes to a place of you know, I think about all of the things that I do around, you know, I'm moving, doing, moving, doing, and I don't even realize that that's having an effect on my nervous system. Mm -hmm. I don't even take the time to say, oh, I just did three big events in a row, maybe in the course of 48 hours. And I need to process that, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just coming to that place. And I feel like, um, part of what, part of where I have been able to start is like just saying, of course, you know, all these things have occurred in the last 24, 48 hours I need to give my body a chance, even if I'm not feeling it, you know, just kind of like a logic, you know, like I need to stop right now and just hold myself or drink some tea or, you know, just like lay down, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: So when you said there, I need to stop, Mm -hmm. that's part of the medicine, the stopping medicine. And the reason why somatically is when you're in a state where you, let's say you can't feel your body because you're numbed out, which is a form of dissociation. Whenever there's numbness, there's going to be a lot of constriction. So there's really only, I'm going to play with this. It's a spectrum, but there's these two kind of ends of the spectrum in the body. It's constriction and it's expansion, right? And they flow constantly through the day we need them to. I have to constrict to pull my arm. I have to expand it to put it out. It's constantly happening. When a certain place starts getting stuck in constriction, eventually that place will then become numb and dissociative because constriction creates a lot of sensation. Like anyone listening, if you just squeeze your fist really tight, you'll start to feel, you know, that, that thing happens. You feel, I feel it in my biceps, my chest, and my belly. You start to feel that tension. And when you said so much happened in the last two days and I haven't even processed it, what processed it means is have I even paused to notice how my body's experiencing it? Because in the pause, which is really cool, is the body actually processes it for us. So we don't have to do this thing where we think we have to process our events or even heal our traumas. Mm. The body just knows how to do it. It just needs us to stop. And why that is, is when we have this constriction, let's say like my jaw is really tight and I lay down, the, the bed is holding my head. I don't actually have to constrict to hold myself up. So parts of me start to, let's say, expand into the support. And then I have some capacity for my body to take over and do its thing and metabolize that. But you will, I mean, you probably won't surprise you. I don't know anyone when they get stressed that says, I'm going to pause and lay down for two minutes. Just, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to be prompted more. We normally get stressed and we go into figuring out or we react on people or we, I used to binge eat all the time or like do drugs or smoke something or watch TV, you know, something to kind of numb it. But to pause and lay, it literally connects you to it and then the magic starts happening. But in that connection is a huge surge of sensation that you haven't been able to feel. And when people feel that they think they're doing something wrong, they think they're going to have an anxiety attack, they think it's just going to get worse, but actually it's about to crest and, and get better. Yeah. Right? So the pausing and, and being held is like so important, so simple, but really important.
1: Mm.
2: It's like a good cry. Exactly yeah wow thank you for that um because I was thinking about like like doing the rest
0: mm, that's right and that's right
2: you're pointing towards the body knows what to do
0: that's my favorite thing about the body
1: mm-hmm.
0: like when I'm on a screen with a bunch of people and I see their faces and I tell them you know your body processes trauma for you you don't have to do it the first thing I see is all their shoulders go down <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll say, I just saw all your shoulders go down. Now let's keep going. And they put their head back and they yawn, then tears go. And the body's yeah. just doing it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, oh, it's amazing.
2: So magical. It really is. Oh, yeah. gosh. I love that. Mm. You know what? We're listening to Midday Medicine Journey. I'm Jaguar Mary X in conversation with Luis Mojica, who is an amazing somatic coach and who has been coming in once a month. And we've been having these. Awesome conversations. I am going to play some community announcements and then we'll be right back. It's a Midday Medicine Journey on Radio Kingston. I'm Jaguar Mary X in conversation with Luis Mojica. And of course, you know, during the break, we always have like little chats and, and uh, sort of like reflect on what we've been talking about. And during our chat, I asked Luis. <laughs> If they could talk about their cronedom, but actually, are you? You're he.
0: I go by he, I'll go by anything you want to call me. Truly,
2: (laughs) do we do this every show? Oh my god, I'm so
0: sorry. I think we do it off air every show. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: truly I'm not attached you can
1: bring me anything any way you see me I love to hear okay thank you Truly.
2: <laughs> yeah and so I was like Luis like how do you how was how cronedom feeling for you and I was like are you even allowed to be a cr- called a crone you're like I don't know in your 40s or something I don't know maybe not even
0: I'm not allowed to be a crone but but uh, I have such reverence for cronedom you know yeah and you know, my partner has worked with Mugword for so long it's yeah. been like her big teacher yeah so I've gotten a good infusion and I've been very I kind of grew up with elders Mm -hmm. so you know opposite of you when I was young or maybe like your friends when I was young all my friends were crones Mm. and so I I was so infused with their energy and and their way of seeing life and their their inability to be as affected by things as the people around me those who really took in their crondom. Because like, I, like we were saying before, when I see crondom, I see the, the death medicine. And it doesn't mean in a negative way, like you're aging, you're going to die soon. But things ha- are leaving your body. Things are changing. Things are releasing. And it's like this long process, you know, decades long process of preparing the altar for the next journey. That's really the beginning of that it's like a, It's like a fall, if you will, you know. Mm. And I think it's so gorgeous. And when someone really owns that in their body the wisdom is so pure because they're just not attached to the physical anymore. And I think that's the real medicine of it. So I got to bathe in that a lot for good. I mean, from my whole life really, but um, my grandmother had a severe stroke that sent her to a nursing home when I was 15. So I, instead of kind of going out and drinking and doing all the things my friends were doing in high school, I was taking care of her in the nursing home with my family. So I was around all these actual crones like mm-hmm. all the time so I really got a sense of uh, life through this this lens I'm so grateful for that
2: yeah what yeah. a gift yeah a gift. it really yeah. is yeah yeah I didn't really have that though I do have like my mother is in her 80s and I have her as such an amazing example of um health and vibrance mm-hmm. really And also determination, like Mm -hmm. such fierce determination, you know, um, you know, she's preparing for her first one woman show. She's a musician, composer, and is doing that now.
0: That's amazing. I
2: know. That's amazing. Where is she doing that? Washington, D.C.
0: Oh, I, was, I, was, I, I mean,
2: she's in DC and, um, the location is to be announced in DC. I'll be telling everybody about it when it's happening. Um, and you know, so it's kind of like, for me, I am so excited to, you know, I used to, I'm going to go off on a tangent, but I used to say not too long ago I'm going to live to 250, 300 mm. Mm. because I want to see, I want to be a witness, you know? And I think that that is part of being a crone too. That purity of cronedom is also like witnessing because mm. you've witnessed yes. so much already.
0: Yes. yes, I feel that as you're saying it. Yeah. Even like when you said 250, 300, I saw you becoming a tree. Oh, really? And I just thought.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, oh, my god! And I
0: just thought about how. I
2: hope that comes to pass. Oh, my god! You know how you,
0: you ever walk through a town and where was I? I was in Philadelphia with a friend last weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was walking through town with my daughter. And there's these huge trees on some of the streets. And you can see like an iron fence that was once put around the tree when it was this little.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: soaked mm-hmm. up into the, you know, into the limbs of the the, the the trunk of the tree like 12 feet off the ground so it, it just told me the story of how much has this tree seen oh gosh, yeah. and and that's what I was trying to get at you said it better when I was saying about not being as attached people who really dig their crondom uh, they've seen so much that they actually know no matter what everything's going to be okay because they've seen so much hell and everything's still okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. so there are yeah. yeah. these living yeah. like truth these living truth serums of don't, don't attach. Yeah. Like it's really all going to actually work out. My body is proof, especially the, the crones in my life growing up. These were people that highly, you know, marginalized, hated people in their generation, Puerto Rican people of color, gay men, you know, queers, trans people, like, and to see them in their 60s, 70s, vibrant and not resentful and happy and like, alive. <laughs> it's like, your proof. Everything's going to be okay.
2: Listen up people. It's lessons <laughs> yes. being spewed here. Come on now. You know, it was amazing. Yeah.
0: Poor people. I mean, yeah. so many people that yeah. my family members. And so to me, it's like a testament yeah. to all that. Uh, yeah. And I used to lay in bed thinking when I had a lot of anxiety, when I was a, a young teenager, I would think, oh, I can't wait till I'm old. I can't wait till I'm old. I'm not worried about anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, so, when you brought that in about your mom, I appreciated that because that's, Croindom to me is like you release all the bullshit. Now you're so free to do whatever you want rather than you're getting ready to die. Right, It's like a whole new life opens up.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're technically not allowed to say that on the radio. What are we not allowed to say? (laughs) What are we not allowed to say? (laughs) The BS word. (laughs) (laughs) But you're forgiven, Luis. You're you're special. Now I know. Now I know
1: moving forward.
2: (laughs) It's Radio Kingston, WKNY, 1490 AM, 1079 FM in Kingston, New York. Ooh, boy. So much. So much. Yeah. And you also shared that um, you had this really amazing uh, somatic experience uh, just recently. Last night. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So years ago, um, I started this group. This men's group we called them Moon Men because I was, I had a major overcoupling with men and any kind of male body, where I just didn't trust them because of the kind of abuse I had growing up with men, and I really wanted to work through that. So in my late twenties, I went into this um, this desire to repair that, and I called upon this group—five, six men, some queer, some straight just to kind of play with each other in an intimate way and invoke the feminine together to kind of balance these things out. And part of what we started doing was table work. We would all take 15 minutes on each other. And for my body to feel male hands on me, which before would have been, you know, like a a threatening, violent thing, and now it's like tender and loving and sensual and safe was so healing. And I knew in that moment I wanted to do this publicly at some point, but I, I didn't know when. And then a few months ago, I got the first opportunity No, last year, I got the first opportunity to have a room with 35 people sharing where they're holding pain in their body, where they're holding fear in their body, especially around being touched and being held and receiving people with sexual trauma, like, you know, you name it, abuse growing up. And so these bodies, they lay on the table and they, they presence the area that's really afraid to be touched and they direct Exactly where they want to be touched, and how to be touched, and sing this song and say this word, and thirty people surround them and do that for a minute. And what's so cool is, with co-regulation, it's this idea that um, kind of like a school of fish, nervous systems they they uh, find safety in other nervous systems. They get more capacity. It's almost like if you imagine a bunch of roots like soaking up water. So if you're laying down, there's six people around you. We all become these roots your body gets to attune to through touch and it's this shortcut to relationship and repair and safety and release because we do so much alone in this society that has lost more collective indigenous roots we're so separate so our pain feels like something we have to carry and fix on our own but when you have these bodies together you you feel the body's holding you through the pain and your body releases it so much quicker And so I got to do another one last night and Mm. it was so powerful just to, to witness the individuals and what they ask for. You learn so much. One, one person in the last one said, I just want everyone to say you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Mm. And these voices are going, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen you and tears are streaming down our face, And we're just, it's just gorgeous. Wow. Or strangers, total strangers. They don't know each other. Wow. Yeah. You should come to one.
2: I want to because when, you know, as you were talking about the experience, I got a little bit um, sort of tense because I was like, I don't know what to ask for.
0: Yeah. You know, that's common.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't know where to start really. Mm-hmm. And so if there's a person on the table who's just like, I don't know what I want. What, what happens?
0: What's interesting is this never happened.
2: Oh, really?
0: Even though people come in, they all presence. We just said, I don't, even, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know how to feel my body. I've never asked for anything. You know, people have no clue how to do this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We take a good hour before we even get on the table as a group and do a ton of somatic practices. Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm. the beauty of somatics. The mm-hmm. body tells you what it wants. Mm-hmm. So people notice, whoa, my chest is tight. It really wants someone to hold my head, mm. and it's like that clear, and I mean, I've done this four times now, total of a hundred people, all different. Every single person has clear direction when they go on that table after mm. they've done the somatic practices.
1: yeah,
0: yeah, it's mm. incredible, and it uncouples touch from having to be sexual or violating. It makes it so normal, and you realize how robbed we are in this society of of just touch and connection in that communal way, yeah,
1: you know.
2: I'm thinking that the reason why I'm imagining I wouldn't know what to ask for is because of that. It's because I have a conditioning where that question is never posed, and I've, or and therefore never not really considered.
0: That's right. Like you literally have no practice. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. right, Right.
0: So, th- so we can think of it as the beginning of practicing that. Yeah. And what that looks like. Yeah. And it, it's. Oh, go ahead.
2: No, I was just thinking that. Um, in those spaces, I guess I would just, you know, as you were talking about, of course my imagination imagination is alive, you know and so I can just make something up like hold my hands, you know that's a very that's a simple start, you know It's
0: really that simple. yeah, and then what's really cool is once they hold your hands you know it, the direction doesn't stop once yeah. you for the whole time you're direct so yeah. you'd be like oh tighter Yeah. and then oh okay, okay now someone put your hand on my belly okay someone sing into my belly and someone's like Whoa. <laughs> It's so incredibly oh, creative, gosh. and these are just like everyday people have zero history in this. and it it's like you can feel the ancestors coming through oh, the gosh. the bodies just know this yeah, you know it's it's amazing.
2: oh <laughs> gosh, I love that so much. yeah, and um, you know, so many of us don't trust our bodies
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: and even feel shame about asking for things absolutely. So that somatic practice, you know, the warm-up feels really important.
0: It is. And what's important about it is total strangers get to meet each other from a place of depth. They're not fawning. They're not... No social politeness. This isn't like conversation. Like, we hi, my name's Louise. I've been sexually traumatized. Mm -hmm. I'm holding it in my chest. Mm -hmm. It's right here in front of you. Mm -hmm. The next person, oh, okay, um, I come from here. My mother died last week and my hips hurt. Mm -hmm. It's just like... Every Mm -hmm. single person gets to know each other by what are you holding right now? Not who you are, not your identity, not even what you've been through. What are you holding right now? Yeah. This is like real time, incredible embodiment relationally. Mm -hmm. And that that Mm -hmm. sets the stage for normalizing even the ask, you know, because you get out of your head about it.
2: Yeah. Wow. And as the practice evolves, the practice of somatics, the practice of... um you know, group touch? Like what have you noticed in people?
1: Mm, mm.
0: Particularly in these workshops, you mean? What I notice is this felt sense in the room. So when people come in the room, everyone is very pulled away from each other. They don't even know this, right? You just go into a room with strangers, you're sitting in a circle and you're trying not to get in other people's space, right? Mm. And so you can see their legs are folded, their shoulders are up, they're kind of guarded, then we go through the chair, and you see a little coming down. And then we do the table work. And then everyone's sitting together, and they're, like, laying on each other. Their <laughs> <laughs> <Your> shoulders <laughs> <laughs> their shoulders are touching. <laughs> They're a little closer. Some people are full on cuddling. Like yeah. it just every idea of a boundary, like in a positive way, yeah. has yeah. dissolved because yeah. there's no defensiveness, right? Right. So everyone right. feels safe, yeah. And we it was so amazing. The other one, uh, the other one I had, we had two people get really triggered by each other, mm. um, like a huge rupture that could have you know ruined everything. Some people would think, mm-hmm. and to see the people still do the work without the verbs without the ideas just through the body the rupture repaired very quickly these people were hugging at the end of it Mm. so it's just incredible how much can transmute with touch right and not talking yeah yeah it's it's amazing
2: yeah like as you're talking about it right now i feel like i want to cry and also i feel some tight tightness in my chest because i feel afraid i feel like you know Cuddle parties have always been terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. the idea of it. You know, showing up to one. You know, I'm just like terrified.
0: Where do, I see your emotion, like where does that go for you?
2: What's um, that? it goes in um, let's see. Let me feel yeah, that. that. See what it yeah. shows you. Uh, like my heart is racing right now.
1: Yeah.
2: Um,
0: just thinking about it.
2: Yeah. And I'm, you know. I'm just, you know, I'm just feeling like it just feels unsafe.
0: I really, really get that.
2: Yeah. And I don't even know what trauma in my life it's attached Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm. Um, something like that I've forgotten or stuffed away. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, and this is one thing I love about this work is I don't know many people that come into the room like, yeah, I can't wait to be touched by strangers. No one does. Maybe one, you yeah. know, the body workers tend to be fine with it. yeah But most people that come in, it's exactly how you feel. Even the ones that have cogn- cognitive memory of abuse or something with their bodies and they know why they don't want to be touched. But most bodies are not open to being touched especially like in a group dynamic they haven't met before yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: and that's what's so powerful about it is you you start seeing people do it you become the toucher you start feeling what's happening and you just become this giant mycelium mm-hmm. of bodies that are like oh we're just bodies we're all the same yeah and then all the fear starts to dissolve as you go through and then you see the people in the beginning that were terrified kind of getting on the table and really getting into it and sobbing and being held while they sob and laughing and Mm -hmm. getting off and feeling alive and Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but the fear is oh my goodness it absolutely absolutely why would you not be right yeah what what history do you have of that being safe
1: yeah
2: right yeah wow so if someone wanted to work with you or participate in one of these groups or just get to know your work better how would they do that
0: I would say go to my website I put events there but definitely do the mailing list because I send out everything on my mailing list before it goes anywhere else and that's on my website so it's holisticlifenavigation.com you can click there and sign up on the mailing list and I'll write about the next one. <laughs> the next one's already sold out. It's in August, but oh, I, really? I can get you in if you want to come. Oh
2: yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. Okay. Get me in. You're in.
0: It's happened right now. You're in. <laughs> it Just. Happened
2: now. I love that. Everyone's hearing this live.
0: Jaguar is dealing with their fear right now. Yeah. I can't wait to have you there. Actually. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You
1: it's, you know,
2: and I, and I, you know, I've talked about being in my sixties. I'm 61. And, um, I feel like I'm learning more than I've ever learned. You know, like mm. every day I'm learning more and more. Mm. Um, I'm definitely in a learning space right now.
0: That's so inspiring to hear. because You said earlier something about the crown.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And I think that's part of cronendom coming up the chakras, right? Yeah. And so that makes so much sense. You're in this kind of higher learning wisdom
1: place. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's so humbling mm. to still be like, I have so much to learn. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm yeah. excited about you know, this next decade, I'm really feeling like, um, I don't know, I feel like a showering, mm-hmm. you know, of like bounty and beauty
1: mm-hmm.
2: approaching. And I mean, it's happening now, but I just also just sensing it more.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, I had an awesome dream last night about having like, you know, <laughs> 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 Actually, <laughs> maybe I won't say this on the radio. I don't
0: know. <laughs> no, I really have to hear it. We can yeah. turn off tell of Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> but I woke up feeling great. I was like, wow. So
0: great. Like, I'm going to ride back up the hill.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's how yeah. good I feel.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for coming on. I so look forward to our conversations and you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I just, I have so much appreciation for you, Luis. Thank Mm -hmm. you.
1: Yeah. The
0: moment I met you, I wanted an excuse to get to know you,
1: Mm -hmm. you
0: know, this Mm -hmm. is my excuse. Yeah. And I love, I love being with you. There's a real common commonality that feels so like I'm at home.
2: Yeah. Great. Yeah. I feel that too. And it's just so amazing. We were just both kind of Thinking about croning as we... I love, that. I know,
0: it's getting that visual. <laughs> like I'm coming from the mountains listening yeah. to Peter Harvey croning on my way. She's like crooning and croning. Yeah. yeah. And you're coming up there feeling your Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Huffing and puffing, pushing this bike up the hill, yes. That's right, that's right. So we will reconvene next month. Sounds yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, love. Yeah.
1: So
0: that's the end of today's episode. Notice where you feel the episode inside of your body. Those sensations, those expressions. That's how your body speaks to you. Sit with it, be with it, and let whatever wants to come up, come up. Because all the wisdom you're looking for is right there in those sensations. If you want to go deeper into these practices or find more information about my work, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com. I'll see you next time. Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give into mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving, and an emotional craving, as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events and the information is right there.
1: Hope to see you there.